I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Val Kilmer could have probably been the biggest movie star ever, but he is one of those actors who is known for being hard to work with. And that shrunk his star status quickly. He's almost as famous for being difficult on set as he is for his iconic characters. And he's brought quite a few to life. He's Moses, Mark Twain, John Holmes, Jim Morrison, Elvis, Doc Holliday, and Iceman, just to name a few. And remember when this guy was Batman? Val Kilmer was one of the top stars of the 80s and the 90s. Then he became a real-life anti-hero, the ultimate Hollywood outcast. The word eccentric is often used to describe this fella. One second this guy is a high-flying superhero rock and roll cowboy, and then in the next second he's a straight-to-video has-been with a controversial track record. So what the f happened to Val Kilmer? WTF? It all sounds like some bad movie. From a very young age, Val Kilmer was interested in the performing arts. Val Kilmer was the youngest student ever, at the time, to be admitted into the Juilliard Drama Department. He was just 17 years of age. He started his career in the wonderful world of the spoof. His early slapstick work in the film Top Secret showed the world that this guy was probably gonna become the next superstar. And he did. For a little bit. But on set of this hilarious silly flick, Val Kilmer would often clash with the filmmakers. And since he had a background of being in very serious theater, Val Kilmer was a method actor. His creative process was much different from the filmmakers who just wanted to make sure the gag was funny. Val Kilmer would ask questions like, what's my motivation? And those silly thespian questions would go unanswered. This was very frustrating for the young actor. But Val is fantastic. He's charming, he's a goofball, he does all of his own singing and dancing. It's a great parody of World War II spy movies and Elvis movies, so if you like those two kinds of movies, here's a movie that makes fun of both of them at the same time. Watch it if you like laughing. And even though Val Kilmer still considered himself a very serious thespian, he stuck with the goofball comedy stuff and made the cult classic Real Genius. He played a mischievous smart guy, much like Kilmer himself, and this mischievous behavior would become troublesome on set. But Val was so talented that he was allowed to get away with certain things that others couldn't have pulled off. His wild child antics sure caused a ruckus. Once again, he bombarded the filmmakers with questions, and he would insert his unwanted creative input anywhere possible. He was gaining a reputation of being very moody, but still, a genius. <laughs> then came Top Gun. It was his breakout performance as Iceman. It was a film that he actually didn't want to do, but was forced to do because of contractual obligations. He played a pilot who feuded with Maverick, and his feud with Tom Cruise wasn't only on screen, it was also off the screen. And there are even rumors of a fist fight between the two actors. And starting a feud with the biggest movie star in the world probably wouldn't help your career much. And this feud with Tom Cruise continued for years, and there were even rumors that Val Kilmer vandalized Tom Cruise's motorcycle on the set of Eyes Wide Shut, allegedly. And comparing Tom to Val is actually a fair comparison. Val Kilmer could have easily been as big as Tom Cruise, maybe even bigger, if he gave a f 
Yeah, that's exactly how I would describe Val Kilmer. He's, if Tom Cruise didn't give a f that's Val Kilmer. Which is my favorite kind of movie star. A movie star who hates being a movie star. The reluctant celebrity. This guy started out in Juilliard. He doesn't care about red carpets. He cares about challenging himself as an artist. Don't we all? I am dangerous. Willow was fun. It was a Ron Howard, George Lucas fantasy. This was his chance to be the hero of an epic Hollywood motion picture, but Willow was not a very big hit at the time. No pun intended. Willow should have been a franchise, but no. Just another nice cult classic. Leave that alone, you stupid fat Ow! He auditioned for Oliver Stone's Platoon by dancing around like a tribal shaman. He did not get the part, but this bizarre audition left an impression on Oliver Stone. So much so that Val Kilmer was called back to try out for Oliver's next film, a musical biopic epic called The Doors. Like I said before, Val Kilmer likes to challenge himself. And I can't think of a more challenging role to take on than that of rock legend Jim Morrison. The amount of pressure that was on Val Kilmer was so intense. Jim Morrison couldn't even play Jim Morrison. But Val did it. And he did it great. And of course, this method actor pretty much lived as Jim Morrison. Val Kilmer would dress like him and go to Jim Morrison's old hangout spots. And he memorized every single word in every single Doors song. But getting the role and convincing Oliver Stone to let him sing was not easy. Val Kilmer actually made a karaoke audition tape for Oliver Stone, featuring songs sung by Mr. Kilmer intertwined with songs sung by Mr. Morrison. And the agreement was that if Stone could not tell the difference between his songs and the real Jim, then he would allow Val to sing the songs in the film. And Val Kilmer's voice was so convincing that not only did he fool Oliver Stone, but surviving members of the real band also thought that they were listening to Jim Morrison as well. He tried to be as true to the role as possible and did as much as he could in real life to get into character. Except drugs. He didn't do any drugs, even though he was highly encouraged by the filmmakers. Hollywood's a pretty messed up place. They actually wanted Val to get hooked on heroin for the movie. Like I said, Hollyweird is a messed up place. The Doors film wasn't a big hit, but it made a decent impact on the art of cinema, I think. Oliver Stone claims that this film actually altered Val Kilmer's real-life personality, and Val Kilmer actually needed professional help to get Jim Morrison out of his head. Whew, acting is... is tough. Next was the film Thunderheart, where Val Kilmer plays a detective in this crime thriller. It got really good reviews, and good reviews are good. This was followed by the box office bomb The Real McCoy with Kim Basinger. It only has 18% Rotten Tomatoes. At this time, Val Kilmer was not exactly on the fast track to superstardom that we had imagined upon seeing him in Top Gun. But he was still hanging in there, and this was a good thing because... Next, he would bring us one of his most iconic characters, Doc Holliday, in Tombstone. Val Kilmer stole the show in this exciting western and pretty much became a meme. Before a meme was a meme. 
or a Mimi. The film was a success even though there was a Kevin Costner Wyatt Earp movie in theaters at the time, Tombstone was the underdog, and to everyone's surprise, it won the cinematic gunfight, and has gone on to become a beloved movie amongst fans of the genre of the western, leaving poor Kevin Costner in the dust. He's a perfect fit for this ensemble cast. And this is when we started to notice that Val Kilmer is really a character actor trapped in a leading man's body. His Doc Holliday character has gone down as one of the most memorable characters in cinematic history. Only Val Kilmer could turn a sickly dentist into a gunslinging badass. Then he channeled Elvis again and spit out some Quentin Tarantino dialogue as an Elvis-like imaginary mentor to Christian Slater in the film True Romance. He teamed up again with his Top Gun director Tony Scott and filmed all of his scenes in one day. Clarence, I like you. I always have. Always will. And the only thing cooler than being Elvis and Jim Morrison is being Batman, and in 1995, Val Kilmer did just that. He took over Michael Keaton's Batcave and became Bruce Wayne in Batman Forever. The studio wasn't too keen on making a Keatonless Batman, but they believed in Joel Schumacher's vision, because it was 1995. On set, Val Kilmer was verbally abusive to a crew member, and director Joel Schumacher told Val Kilmer to cut it out. This upset Mr. Batman, and he did not speak to the director for two weeks. And say what you want about this Batman film, but I was a child when it came out, and it was everything I had always wanted in a movie. Val Kilmer was and is Batman, and nobody, not nobody's gonna take that away from him. Even though this film sucks. Of course, he declined to don the uncomfortable Batsuit again, over extreme creative differences with with everyone on the planet. That same year, Val Kilmer was in Heat. Not in Heat like a cat, but in the movie Heat, Val Kilmer was in Heat. Another scene-stealing performance amongst an ensemble cast of legendary actors. Val is once again a badass in all those incredible shoot-em-up scenes, and this film is probably one of the greatest action thrillers ever made. Its style actually went on to influence Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. So a movie with Batman went on to inspire another Batman movie. Heat is the film that finally put Robert De Niro and Al Pacino in the same frame. And yes, these two are great, but the real honors of this movie masterpiece go to Val Kilmer. Only he could steal the show from these two acting juggernauts. He stole it, he stole the scenes, just like how his character steals things. Nineteen ninety-six was the year that took us to the island of Dr. Moreau. More bad attitude came from Val on set, and once again people called him difficult to work with. At first, Val Kilmer was very excited to take on the lead role of this motion picture, but then he got divorced and his passion for the project diminished a great deal and he was very distracted by his personal problems. Val Kilmer actually demanded that his screen time be cut 40%. So suddenly Val Kilmer became the supporting character. This was a movie set with Marlon Brando, who's probably the most difficult person ever, and Val Kilmer was giving Brando a run for his money. 
The original director of this motion picture was actually fired over having very heated creative differences. Lots of disagreements and lots of arguing. So John Frankenheimer was brought in as a replacement director. And after the film wrapped, Frankenheimer said that he will never work with Val Kilmer again. Comparing the experience to climbing Mount Everest. He went on to say that he wouldn't even cast Val Kilmer to be Val Kilmer in a Val Kilmer biopic. And even though the island of Dr. Moreau is very notorious for very unpleasant reasons, and the majority of human beings hate this movie, I actually really like it and I think it's an imaginative thrill ride with great makeup effects, but you know, that's just me. I like to see Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando just go crazy. And there's a hyena man. The critics called it a mess, but it's a fun mess to me. Much like Val Kilmer, he's a big fun wild mess. And he's more animal than human. He then fought off some killer lions in The Ghost in the Darkness. Critics didn't like this one, but audiences really enjoyed it. And it has earned a spot of honor in the man-eating animal movie genre. It's one of the top five animal-eating people movies ever. He teams up with his pal Michael Douglas in this exciting film based on a true story. Val Kilmer's face always reminded me of a lion, so this is so perfect for him. I see a lion being his spirit animal. Like if Zootopia was real and Val Kilmer was in Zootopia, he'd be a lion. And I ain't lion. Like I said before, he's more animal than human. Val Kilmer then took on the role of the saint, where he had lots of fun disguises. Once again, critics hated it, but audiences enjoyed this spy thriller. This is another Val Kilmer film that should have become a franchise, but it didn't. The Saint was not the new James Bond. And I don't know if you know this, but Val Kilmer actually turned down The Matrix. That could have been big for him. And he turned down working with David Lynch twice on Dune and Blue Velvet, which Kilmer claims is his biggest regret. I'm sorry, but you don't turn down David Lynch. He then lent his beautiful voice to the beautiful animated film, The Prince of Egypt. This film would show the world that DreamWorks animation could do some fascinating stuff. And this was actually the first time that Val took on the role of Moses, one of his favorite characters to play, because years later he would play this holy man again in a theatrical musical. Val sure does love him some Moses. You shall do my wonders. And he did a rom-com drum at first sight, where he played a blind guy. And I did not see this one, no pun intended, but it got very bad reviews. Then his next film got good reviews. It was Joe the King. Many people like this one and Val got to show off his dramatic side. He excels in multiple genres. This was followed by another critical and financial box office bomb, the sci-fi adventure Red Planet. He feuded with Tom Sizemore on set, but I mean, who doesn't? This is the first major sign that maybe Val Kilmer isn't a bankable movie star. This caused Val to take on some smaller films, some good and some not so good. He really hasn't had any major leading roles since this. Now he is often a reliable supporting character, which I'm sure is more fun. 
but this also included a lot of straight-to-video duds. Like the disaster known as Hard Cash, aka Run for the Money. This lame action thriller has been called lifeless and desperate. Then he did The Salton Sea. It's a very good film, but it's not very well known. It's been described as a stylized pulp noir film. Val is all tatted up and he really gets to have some fun with this unusual character. These, these right here, these are the roles that we want to see from Mr. Val Kilmer. This, this right here. Keep your eyes open. Nothing is as it seems. And the Salton Sea was followed by even more stinkers like Blind Horizon and the god-awful Bob Dylan flick Masked and Anonymous. So he ran away from Hollywood back to his ranch in New Mexico, where he herds buffalo. Yes, Val Kilmer herds buffalo. He then flirted with running for governor of New Mexico for a bit, but I don't think that happened. Just imagine if Val Kilmer was in charge of an entire state. Oh my. And he's actually in the movie The Missing because he heard that his good pal Ron Howard was filming a movie right down the street from his ranch in New Mexico. So he just showed up and they gave him a nice juicy little role. In 2003, he had a decent comeback in the gritty indie crime drama Wonderland, where he played porn star John Holmes. He called his experience in Wonderland tiring yet gratifying. The reviews were not so great for the movie, but everyone thought Val did a wonderful job and proved that he still had talent. He can be wonderful if he's in the right role. Hi, everybody. I'm John Holmes. All right, who's John Holmes? This kind of got him back on track as a respected actor again. And he even convinced Oliver Stone to work together once more in the film Alexander. This was supposed to be a massive hit, but it was not. The film received horrid reviews. And even Oliver Stone has re-edited this epic like four times. Kilmer even put on weight for the role and struggled for a long time to lose it. This is a very bizarre film. I've watched it many times and I've tried really, really hard to like it. Everything about the movie makes you feel like it should be good, but it plays out like a toga party soap opera on some bad drugs. I get that Oliver Stone was trying to experiment with this historical epic, but sometimes Oliver Stone gets a little too Oliver Stoney in this one. Val is great though. <laughs> then Val got to spit some David Mamet dialogue in the critically acclaimed film Spartan. Val was back on track and he delivers a great performance in this powerful film, once again proving that he still got it. Then in 2005, he really proved that he still gots it in the film Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And this film was a major comeback from Robert Downey Jr., which seemed to overshadow that this was also a major comeback for Val Kilmer. Shane Black wrote the perfect screenplay and created the perfect character for Val Kilmer. It's a new, different kind of character, but Val nailed it. He played a gay detective named Gay Perry, you know, because he's gay. The chemistry between Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer is, is unlike anything you've ever seen. I can't recommend this film enough. Look up idiot in the dictionary, you know what you'll find? A picture of me? No, the definition of the word idiot, which you fucking are. And he seemed to be growing out of his reputation of being difficult on set for this one. Director Shane Black said that Val was nothing but professional. And that's nice. Go watch this movie now. Or after you, after you watch my video. Or you can pause it and come back if, if, you, if you want to. So we all thought that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was going to be the perfect setup for a Val Kilmer Hollywood resurrection. But it wasn't. I can do that. Where is the girl? Lord, 
did you just do? I just I put in one bullet, didn't I? I you put, put a round. live round in that gun. Oh, well, yeah, there was like an 8% chance. Eight percent. Wasn't it just 8? 8? Yeah. Who taught you math? more, I don't know. He then did a series of forgettable films that I've never even heard of. Many were straight to video releases. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Films like Stateside, Mindhunters, Tenth and Wolf, Moscow Zero, Dream It Loud, Summer Love, Columbus Day, Conspiracy, The Chaos Experiment, American Cowslip, Hardwired, Double Identity, The Traveler, Bloodworth, Five Days of War, and some animated nightmare called Delgo. Then in 2006, he worked once again with director Tony Scott in the film Deja Vu. Now this is a Denzel movie, and I barely even remember Val Kilmer being in it, but it was good to see that Val Kilmer was still getting this kind of supporting work during this low point in his career. And he was finally blessed with some good reviews in the film Felon. Good reviews can go a long way. Another fantastic performance from Val Kilmer. Then Val Kilmer formed a friendship with rapper Fitty Scent and made the films Streets of Blood and Gun with his musical gangster buddy, Fitty Scent and Val Kilmer. I dare you to name a more iconic duo. Go. Yeah, see, you can't. 2009 teased us again with another almost comeback from Val Kilmer in the film Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans. He acted alongside fellow crazy person Nicolas Cage, and was directed by another crazy person, Werner Herzog. He has a very nice supporting role in this strange little gem of a movie that critics really liked. And no, this is not a remake of that Harvey Keitel movie where he gets naked and stuff. What are these fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table? They ain't no iguana. Yeah, there are. There ain't no iguana. What the fuck is that? Fucking iguana. Werner Herzog is my favorite filmmaker of all time. So it was very nice to see Val Kilmer and Nick Cage together under the direction of Herzog in this cinematic treat. It's set in post-Katrina New Orleans. This film turns the typical crime drama on its head and gives us a trippy wild ride. It's full of gangsters, iguanas, drugs, out-of-control movie stars. It's wild. Go watch this movie now. Then in 2010, he was perfectly cast as the bad guy in the SNL film MacGruber. This is a hilarious film that got Val Kilmer back to his slapstick roots. Now this type of comedy is sometimes hit and miss. And audiences weren't exactly ready for such outrageous cinema at the time. But MacGruber has since grown to another cult classic and is considered one of the greatest SNL movies ever made. He joined an ensemble cast yet again in Kill the Irishman. It's a pretty good movie. And he did the fourth dimension with Harmony Kareen. Awesome secrets! Say it with me now! Awesome secrets! Awesome secrets! Awesome secrets! Now this actor and this director are a perfect fit. Both are out of control crazy artists who don't give a fuck about anything but their art. And you can feel the artistic freedom in this one. Val Kilmer actually plays himself, or a version of himself, as a motivational speaker in a roller skating rink. It's truly inspiring, truly bizarre, truly Kareen, and truly Kilmer. 
Then he did the atrocious horror film Twixt. This film is so bad that it pretty much ruined what was left of Francis Ford Coppola's directing career. And he provided a voice in Spider-Man Edge of Time. It's a video game for all you, you gamers out there. Then he jumped back in the saddle again for yet another western about Wyatt Earp. But this time, Val would not be returning as his beloved Doc Holliday character. No, 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 this time he would play Wyatt Earp in a straight-to-video released film called Wyatt Earp's Revenge. Val is the only actor who can say that he's played Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. This followed another stretch of films that I've never heard of. Have you heard of these films? Are they any good? I, they, they, I'm, I'm judging them and they don't look good. But I'm very judgmental, so just gonna have to deal with it. Films like Deep in the Heart, Seven Below, Breathless, Riddle, and Standing Up. Then he teamed up again with his Willow co-star Warwick Davis for a funny show, Life's Too Short. Val played himself in this Ricky Gervais mockumentary series. It was good to see the Willow guys back together, telling jokes. He did a voice in the Disney movie Planes, a little nod to his work in Top Gun, I'm assuming. And he did the interesting indie Palo Alto based on a book by James Franco. Plus the super silly show Spoils of Babylon. Slapstick silliness never fails Val Kilmer. And he had fan-pleasing appearances in the shows Psych and Robot Chicken. And he had more fun with his favorite person ever, Mark Twain, in the movie Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. And a small yet rocking part in Terrence Malick's film Song to Song, where he got to rock and roll once more. Val Kilmer then gained more weight. It happens to the best of us. But since he's a celebrity, his fat was a hot topic in the media and around the water cooler. People were shocked that this hot volleyball playing, doors singing super bat bod turned into a super fat bat dad bod. But then, in 2014, his weight seemed to have suddenly disappeared. Rumors of illness circulated, but Val Kilmer said that he just lost the weight to prepare for his role as Mark Twain. You know, his passion project. He then started wearing lots of scarves and always hid his neck in public. This led to more rumors of throat cancer, which turned out to be true, even though Val Kilmer continued to deny the cancer rumors for a very long time. Then the next year he was rushed to the hospital, and blabbermouth Michael Douglas came out and said that Val Kilmer had the same form of cancer that he had beaten. Mr. Douglas eventually apologized for publicly speaking about Val Kilmer's health without asking. Val was upset, and I get it. But Michael Douglas was just trying to help out his lion hunting buddy by bringing awareness to the illness. But Val Kilmer continued to deny the cancer claims. Even after a video surfaced of Val Kilmer struggling to speak at a film festival. But he took to social media saying that it was all fake news. So uh, as I'm recovering, I'm sorry to remove it, so I'm <laughs> <laughs> Then, in 2017, after years of public denial, Val Kilmer revealed that he was indeed recovering from the Big C. And Val Kilmer had every right to keep that part of his life private. But it seems like Val Kilmer is healthy again, and that's very good news. Wonderful to hear. Val Kilmer actually has stated that this ordeal has made him a better family man, and brought him closer to God. He's a very faithful man. He looks back at his days as a Hollywood hotshot and believes that he took it all too serious. He would get upset over silly things, meaningless things, materialistic things, superficial things like award nominations and stuff. But now he's focusing on his art career, 
which you can buy on his website. He makes really interesting pop art creations of his iconic characters. And he's still diving headfirst into his fascination with Mark Twain, doing his one-man show and even uploading some bizarre YouTube videos of him in character as the great author. In Tombstone, he was your Huckleberry, and now he's the guy who wrote Huckleberry. Ain't that funny. It's not that funny, but... Mark Twain! His post-cancer return to film wasn't great, though. He was in the box office and critical disaster The Snowman. This film melted quickly, and it is totally obvious that all of Val Kilmer's lines were dubbed. Unfortunately, at the time of filming, his tongue was still very swollen from his illness. But this film is so bad that Val Kilmer's strange dub is the least of its problems. Listen to me. I don't know the admitting doctor, but perhaps she was there for an uh, abortion? This was followed by The Super, a horror film with mixed reviews, and a funny part in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And there's always that Top Gun sequel, which should skyrocket his comeback into full gear. Val seems to be really looking forward to that return. And I guess he doesn't hate Tom Cruise as much anymore because he called the experience of filming Top Gun 2 very moving. And he said that him and Tom would laugh like they were high school boys on set. So that's, that's nice. Friends forever now. You can be my wingman anytime. Bullshit. You can be mine. but I am really, really, really looking forward to his return as Iceman. Even if it's just a cameo. But please don't be a cameo. Please, please, please don't be just a cameo. And he released an autobiography titled I'm Your Huckleberry, which you should read, if you know how to read. In his memoir, he discusses that his lifestyle was never meant for fame. And he's actually a very shy guy who just wanted to enjoy a quiet life on his ranch. So now he just focuses on his family, his art, and his recovery. The man with the voice of the Lizard King sounds much different now. He recently appeared on Good Morning America, and it was so hard to understand Mr. Kilmer that they had to provide subtitles. I feel a lot better than I sound. I feel, I feel wonderful. Now, it's, it's very hard to see our movie heroes and people we look up to get sick and age, but that's, that's a part of life. And sometimes it's sad, but, but I don't think we should be sad, because if you really pay attention to this interview, you can tell that Val Kilmer is still in high spirits. He's still good old Val. And yes, his voice has changed, but, but the animal, the lion, is still roaring. And actually, a few days ago, he did an in-depth interview with Men's Health, where he talks about his career, his art, his spiritual awakening, and his recovery. But it's the headline that caught my eye. Val Kilmer doesn't believe in death. Yeah, right. It's more like death doesn't believe in Val Kilmer. Am I right? But the main lesson we can learn from the career of Val Kilmer is that when you're difficult and you don't bring in the bucks, Hollywood eventually sees you as a risk and stops calling, leaving it up to you to make your own noise with your own art. And Val Kilmer certainly succeeded at that. Everyone here at the Joe Blow Movie Network wishes Val Kilmer nothing but the best, and we hope and pray for a quick recovery for everybody's favorite Huckleberry. And that's what the f*** happened to Val Kilmer.